Welcome to the next episode of the Oscar Rewind Podcast. We're here to discuss all of the Oscar-nominated films for each randomized Oscar year. And so, of course, this year, uh, we discussed last podcast, we got the 1980 Oscars for, I believe, the 1979 films. And they call me the daddy of podcasting, Quentin. And to help break down two films today... We have Andrea Tennis here. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I like how you've had to call yourself the daddy of podcasting just because I use the word daddy a hundred times in this film. Yeah, I feel like I really got to get into the mindset of Norma Ray to truly appreciate uh, this movie. And I believe the word she has used the most in this entire film mm-hmm. was the word daddy. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating. She said union, su- yeah. Surprise. She said union quite a bit. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, she's Southern, so she probably said y'all quite a bit. I don't remember. But she definitely, without a doubt, said daddy a lot. Um, how much did she get paid to make this film? Because I'm curious if we're taking out how much she was paid and stretching out among all the words she has said, I'm curious if she made probably like at least fifty grand just to say the word "daddy" over and over. Like you know, she she, uh, she really liked using that word. But we are here to discuss two films, one in each segmented order. So we'll discuss breaking away later in the podcast. Don't you worry. But for right now, we are going to be discussing Norma Ray. So Norma Ray was one of the five nominated films, not super well-known, only got four nominations. And so the four it got was, it was obviously nominated for Best Picture. That's why we're discussing it here. It was nominated for Adapted Screenplay, and it won Best Lead Actress and Best Music Slash Song. And this was a bit of a caveat. There aren't many years that have this award nominated, so I made a little note here. The actual award was Original Song Score and its Adaptation or Adaptation Score. Is it either Original Song Score and its Adaptation or Adaptation Score? So I believe that means this award is Best Adapted Score. Is that what the... I don't think we've had that for many years. I've never heard that. <laughs> so is this a non-original score and it won for it? I'm not quite sure, to be not honest sure. with you. Uh, it seems to be... They only had this award for a few years, I think. Uh, and this is one of them. So, you know, it won for that and it won for Actress. I, I don't think we could weigh much on the song score thing because I don't really know what this award is. But, you know, it won it. Good for it. Uh, the other film here that was nominated for it was actually uh, Breaking Away, I believe. So mm-hmm. I think they both have that going for it. But Norma Ray, Norma Ray, did not come out with many nominations here, but it did come out with two of two of the four was nominated for ended up winning. So you know what, fifty uh, percent win rate. That's not too shabby. Uh, what was your thoughts on Norma Ray? <sighs> you know. It's one of those classic stories that the Oscars love. It was very Oscar Beatty. Uh, it reminded me, uh, similar to Dark Waters, that came out, was it last year, I believe? And, you know, it's just someone basically fighting an uphill battle, trying to get a union started where she works. Uh, you know, for the most part, though, I liked it. It grew, like certain characters in the mix that actually were pretty entertaining uh, for a pretty like dull storyline for the most part for me. 
I just want to quickly uh, put an emphasis here before the one Norma Ray fan jumps in because I, you know, got some information wrong. It won Best Original Song, Breaking Away, and all that jazz with the two that were nominated for the Adapted Score oh. Award. So just want to clarify, it did actually win an award we're familiar with. It won Best Song. I don't really remember the song, but it did win. I like I like the song, actually. I thought it was pretty catchy because they played it at the very beginning and at the very end of the movie. Well, see, I was gone at the very beginning, and I asked Andrew, what oh. did I miss? And Andrew I said, <laughs> you missed a stupid song. You didn't miss much. No, no. I didn't realize the song was even important. But yeah, it was pretty good. You heard it at the end, though. It 100% played at the end. Yeah, I probably heard it. I just, you know. You know me and music. It goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah, unless it's a score. Yeah, that's true. Score is, you know, I could pick up a score. Kind of the same thing in my opinion, but whatever. I don't know. You know, the music's got words in it. Score's just got the beat. Way cooler. But yeah, Norma Ray is good. Uh, It's definitely a movie that, yeah, you could see sneak in as a Oscar Mm -hmm. nomination. Uh, I, I feel like this is the one that was, well, obviously got the least amount of nominations, mm-hmm. so it's probably the one on the bubble, really, to be that fifth nominee here. Uh, it seems like it really was the top three being All That Jazz, Apocalypse Now, and Kramer v. Kramer. And then the two we're going to be discussing here first. We're getting, uh, you know, the, the two forgotten ones out of the way. These two were kind of the, okay, you know, glad they showed up. Uh, this one's yeah. fine. It's very much just, you know, like the very cookie-cutter uh, underdog story uh, you see it over and over again but nonetheless it's very entertaining you know it's a very feel-good yeah. story you know there's nothing to really complain about it's nothing outwardly terrible i find it boring at most times but we'll, we'll get into the story here uh, norma ray is based on a true story i believe if i'm correct here i should probably double check but i believe norma ray is just a fake name for the actual character i feel like they kind of try to keep things uh, this is based off of a book, which is based off the events. Oh. So I think the book made, like, they kind of just change up the names of everybody, and I believe it's based off of that. So Norma Ray is the lead character here of a unionization for a, a textile company. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of where it starts, where we have a union worker who comes in, and he's the one that's kind of letting everybody know, hey, obviously you guys are all getting paid under under wage here this is not a safe environment you need us to help you guys out but they are kind of you know it's a small town they're used to people coming in every four hours and they just shut them out and shun you know shut it down they're not going to do anything about it and they don't want to lose their job because it's a small town there's not much work there and so they're kind of scared to make a wave mm-hmm. and i really also just like showcase this because like i believe in the first like 10 to 15 minutes Norma Jean's mother has to go to the doctor and she has temporary hearing loss, which really enforces the fact that these are not safe working conditions. Like things will happen. And then closer to the end, there's another scene with her father uh, that just shows like the factory really like wears you down as well. Yeah, do you think it's a coincidence that they played that song in the first minute of the movie and then a few minutes after that? Her mom got a hearing loss. Do you think she listened to that song and just went deaf because it was so bad? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, Totally. I think that's what happened. I think we cracked the code. 
Shocker, it won then. Yeah, exactly. You know, there wasn't much music going on this year, I guess. Mm -hmm. They really were looking for an Oliver to stand out. But yeah, exactly. They definitely show that the, you know, the work environment isn't the best. The place is all dusty and gross. And, you know, the, the people that work there are these business white men, like, you know, clearly the bad guys, uh, you know, very mm -hmm. cartoonish, but also, uh, you know, it, it feels like it's grounded in some sort of reality. Uh, and for me, I, you know, I'm not going to shy away. I think the union worker, the guy that's coming in to unionize the company mm -hmm. i think he's the best i think he's really funny and uh as i've already noted with the nominations he didn't get a nomination for best supporting actor which i was uh, a little shocked about because i thought he was actually really good I th and i thought he had a very showy performance so i thought maybe uh you know i thought maybe this would have been one people would have predicted as a nominee but no he's not there maybe it's because the lack of his name i believe this is the only film that even heard I, I haven't even heard of this film before we did this no, podcast i had never heard of this film but i haven't heard of anything else this guy's in so uh rob lehman uh you know he did a great performance i really liked him um but you know unless if you're a fan of one tauntaun or just the ticket or where's papa you know this movie may have had the title be where's daddy but where's papa he was in that as well you know a bunch of movies that i've never heard of before but Good for him. You know what? Uh, I thought Rob Lehman, man, I thought he was really good. We'll have to watch the other films, but he could have been an easy Best Supporting Actor winner in my mind. I thought he was very entertaining. But uh, we do have a winning performance here, and that is with Sally. Sally, what's her last name? Sally Fields. Sally Fields. Mean. Of course. <laughs> Sally Fields is here. Andrea loves her. I do. Uh, it's probably because she's in like all of Andrew's favorite films. So she is in a lot yeah. of my favorite films. I really think she is an excellent actress. Yeah, and uh, and she was really good in this. She was really good. I think Rob Lehman was my favorite of the film, but his was more of like a showy performance. Hers was more subtle, and I'm glad that the Oscars and the Academy still loved the performance because you know she has some big showy moments. But I think for the most part, it's like very. She's very quiet, and you can tell that like she's bothered by things going on. Uh, she is sassy. Oh, she's very yeah. blunt and yeah, sassy. That's true. Whenever she's like about to explode, she's just so blunt, so sassy. Is she's gonna make a huge scene of things? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to mess with Sally. Mm -mm. No. So the film is really just about uh, the two leads. I guess Rob Lehman's kind of like lead of his own, um, but the two of them are really doing their own performances here, and they kind of interconnect uh, throughout the whole film. But we get the story of Rob, who's going to the union, who is trying to go to the church, get people to agree to do what's right for the, the company there. Uh, and then you get Sally, who starts her story, really, um, with marriage of, I don't know, the bad hair haircut guy. Sonny, is that his name? Sonny, yeah. Sonny. Which was pretty terrible. I think they could have just skipped that 20 minutes. Uh, it did even... not impact. The... I was waiting yeah. for something to happen with Sonny. Nothing ever happened. It was such a, like, a minor thing that I don't even really think it needed to be added in. I think it's because it's based on a true story. They felt mm -hmm. like they needed to maybe set, maybe like to her that felt like an important yeah. part of the story. And it kind of weighs in a bit. Where she marries this new Sunny guy, which, by the way, Sunny, who gets a divorce, 
That day. That day goes up to her and is yeah. like, hey, sorry I was acting a little wacky at the factory there. You know me. Like to get a little crazy out there sometimes. Uh, but, you know, just because I went through a divorce and now I'm really horny. Um, Sally, you want to, I don't know, bang? And Sally is like, you know it, Sonny. Yeah, let's totally bang. And Ah. the two of them, you know, are together. And then they were hanging out one time with their kids. And they went, this is nice. You know, it was like Paul Rudd just hanging out. This is nice. This is nice. This is a good time. And me and Andrew are like, okay, cool. I guess they're together now. Cut scene. They're now married. Literally, they are chilling at a picnic table. This is cool. We chilling. This is a good time. Cut to black to them at the chapel getting married, and now they're a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was definitely a lot, but like, just like kind of rewind back to Sally Field's character. She has two children. Um, one was at like one person she's married to. The other one. Um, was like a one night fling kind of deal. So she's also kind of seen to all these people as like, I don't know, loose. Uh, <laughs> she's kind of likes to sleep around. That's what makes it uh, so interesting when all of a sudden, boom, she gets married like right away. Like she's like not going to take no shit. She's going to take her kids on the date. But then they're literally married five minutes later. Yeah, she's really not helping with that no. perception that no. she gets around fast. Because mm-hmm. she really did get around fast with this guy. Which, to be fair, he got around a lot faster. He literally got a divorce and then got married, like, the next week. Like, just imagine, was- Andrea. Imagine if we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ended up leaving me, right? Because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, fuck this guy. This guy's a loser. And then mm-hmm. within the week, I'm now, mar- I'm now married to Sally Fields, right? Pretty wacky. Honestly, it, it was it was so fast. I literally think I feel like we had like a similar feeling when we watched was it Gaslight where they got married really fast. It was a quick, pretty quick uh, turnaround. I don't know, but Gaslight's like really old, and this film's what from nineteen eighty. Yeah, so yeah. you know Gaslight make you know it feels a lot less weird how yeah. they did that because that's just what they did back in the day. But this is from the nineteen eighties, so. And okay. also, um, I think we made that criticism for Gaslight. But at the same time, I think it was just because it was edited very abruptly. Yeah. But that's part of the story for Gaslight, where he quickly gets married to this girl so that he can go into the apartment that she, the house that she has so he can steal those diamonds, right? Yeah. Like, he obviously doesn't love her. He does that to marry her quickly, right? Because he just true. wants to get to it. So that's actually, like, a pretty logical step in that relationship this 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 doesn't connect this uh the only connection is later in the movie uh ugly haircut guy that she married sunny uh he's looking at her and he's like oh wow you're having black people in our house i hate black (laughs) people you want to start a union i hate unions what about me? I'm your husband. Shouldn't I be more of a priority than the safety of everyone's work environment? Like, like Sonny, you know, he was not in a sunny mood for most of the film. He's kind of a downer. Are you going to talk about the scene where, like, he says all that and then, like, she completely goes into chaos mode? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I didn't really love that scene. Uh, mostly because Sonny is Sonny's a pain in the butt. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're too busy? Working on 
uh, making a safe work environment for everybody. You haven't made me food. I'm hungry. You haven't done my laundry. My clothes are stinky. You haven't ironed my work yeah. shirt. It, it, it's wrinkly. And she's like, okay, well, here, let me cook. Let me, like, she just starts doing everything. But, like, it's set up. Like, it really felt like it was a bit of a set. Like, oh, she already had the iron board out with the laundry on top with the food beside it. Like, it was like she was, it was like a giant treasure chest where you open up props and you start using all the props on set. It really felt, she had like this, this closet where she had all the props and she was ready and to then, go. And then at the end, and she, then at the end of the whole setup, she's like, I mean, you want to have sex? Just get behind me. <laughs> the sunny guy was a bit of a piece of work. Like, what a, what a, what a whiner that he comes home. And she worked an eight-hour shift. She's now doing like eight hours of this union work. And he's like, but babe, I'm hungry. Well, maybe you can make a fucking meal. I don't know, dude. Like, he's like, but babe, my jeans have dirt on it. Unbelievable. What a, what a sack of shit. Yeah, Sonny was freaking terrible. I did not like that guy. But uh, I liked Ruben. He was the guy that did the union work. Uh, if they ended up together, it would have been better because he's actually pretty cool. But, you know, it would have been a little too cheesy. I, you know, I'm fine with how it went. But he would go into the work area and, you know, he would just start yelling at all these white guys and telling them this. Did you, hey, if, if you don't want me to come in, uh, that's no problem. I can go get my lawyer. We can set all this out right now because I have uh, the, the jurisdiction of the law. I have to go in there and check the news, uh, check your bill billboard. Like, I'm allowed to go there. And they were like, oh, okay, fine. You can quickly come in. No, no need to call your lawyer. Like, you would always just throw out, hey, I got no problem. Let me do it here. Take me to the nearest phone in your office. Let me quickly give a call to my lawyer. We'll settle this. No problemo. I, I can take you to court. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, Ruben. No, here, here's, here's the billboard. Please don't say anything. So I thought he was great. He, uh, he would go up and see that his notice is at like the very far end, all the way up. So nobody can read his letter. And he'd be like, hey, take this, take this bitch down. It needs to be right in everyone's eye view. That is part of the legislature. And they're like, oh, well, um, I don't think so, Ruben. Uh, nice try. We're keeping it up there. It's, it's still there. And he's like, all right, where's the nearest phone? Where is it? I'm calling my lawyer. That's it. I'll, uh, we'll sort this out, no problemo. And they're like, oh, sorry, Ruben. Oh, here, let me quickly, here, we'll fix that for you. Don't worry, here, we'll, we'll quickly dust it off for you. I thought he was great. I thought he was very funny. Mm -hmm. uh, very showy performance. But for yes. like a film like this, you know, I feel like he kind of needed, you know, Drake it made, a little. It made sense, yeah, yeah. And I just love how when he's trying to walk through the factory, he's trying to talk to everyone. Yeah. And they're like literally losing their shit. They're like, Hey, you can't do that. You need to go straight to the bulletin board. I yeah, he was he was honestly spectacular, and he was probably one of my favorite parts as well. I liked both him and Fally, Sally Fally. I liked both him and Sally Fields. Yeah, no, they were both great. Yeah, yeah, and I, I said that to you while we were watching, and I like how when they were walking to the to the billboard or or the bulletin board, I guess is what it's called. Sorry. Yeah. When he was walking over, he would stop by each person to say hi. When like all of their bosses would just keep walking, like they they wouldn't give, they wouldn't even look at him. Like they're they're just employees to them. Yep. Like they're just they're just working hands for their machine. So I mm -hmm. thought that that was really funny. How like even just little things like that where he just openly humanizes them. It just makes them want to be with him and make this difference. So I like that. Right. So we have Sally, who you know. Starts to, she's the first one to dip her toes in the in the union pool where she 
mm-hmm. it's kind of on his side at this point, and she sees a notice that is from the the, the big guys upstairs that's trying to kind of pit everybody at, in the office against each other. They're trying to say the blacks are trying to uprise. So they got like the white people angry at the blacks, which is quite interesting that this is based on a true story. Cause that is a pretty wild thing that I'm, a company would do. I'm not like super surprised cause this did take uh, place in the South. I don't know how long ago. Cause I feel like just maybe because of some of the things that happened in the film, it was like, about, like way before the 1980s. Right. Yeah. And also, uh, this is based off of a book. Who knows how accurate the book is to what really happened, That's right? True. Like they, they, they could have just thought of like things that would make the book more interesting or more entertaining, uh, and then it would have translated to the film. So who knows how much of this is actually real? Mm-hmm. But it is a pretty crazy moment there, where then we have Ruben telling Sally Fields that she needs to get that notice. She needs to get that letter. So she says she can't take the piece of paper. But then she t- pulls out a piece of paper of her own and just starts writing in front of everybody because she, she can't take it because she doesn't want them to realize that she's taken it or else they'll like rip it out of her hands. But then she just starts writing it on another piece of paper and they don't take that out of her hands. So I'm not quite sure what the plan was there, I, but you I know, just, she was fine. I just thought she should have went to the bulletin board, ripped it off real quick, and just ran out. Yeah, should have <laughs> just booked it. I think that would have been a good plan too. But then we wouldn't have had this amazing, uh, like, ending where she, like, all the bosses are basically just, like, losing their shit and, like, you need to leave. And then she goes into the factory and she stands on the table, even though the security guard's just kind of, like, standing there not doing shit. (laughs) He's not making her leave whatsoever. And then she has this piece of cardboard here. It's union on it. She's just holding it over her head because it's so loud in there. You can't really talk. And it's just, I thought it was really interesting just seeing each each machine turn off like one at a time. Just kind of showing that like, okay, they do back her for what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good moment. I think it could have been shown a bit better, but it, it was a good moment. I agree that the uh, security guard there, you know, I'm, I'm team Sally Fields here. I'm rooting for her success. But I can't help but notice that the security guard was, uh, you know, pretty useless. I think yeah. maybe they should, uh, I don't know, get better security. Because he was following her to the table. She stands up on the table with the big sign that says Union. Yeah. And she's like slowly walking in a circle, like just like turning around in a circle mm-hmm. so everybody can see her with the big sign. And you just see the security guard just like standing by the table, just looking up, kind of like, oh yeah, you know, she's just going to make this entire company turn off all the machines. That's pretty cool. Good for her. He does a watch like, well, you know, I was told to escort this girl. Maybe, maybe, you know, a crazy thought here. Maybe I should just... uh I don't know, escort her? <laughs> Isn't that my job? So, you know, I, you know, uh, you know uh, yeah, maybe that, maybe that was their mistake. Yeah, you know, I feel like the, the big man upstairs in that company, I feel like, you know, I think they did everything right. They just needed to get a better security company. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, they did. I feel like that was their big mistake in all this. Pretty bad. But, you know, great for us. Uh, this movie might not have been a thing if they got a competent security guard. Uh, yeah, I knew how to actually do his job. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, that worked out uh, for us. You know, we won because he, he sucked at his job. Yeah, we got to see this epic scene because he was awful. Yeah. So that was pretty much it. Uh, she gets escorted 
She goes to jail. She gets out of jail right away. And then they do the tally of the votes. And then that's the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but I also really like the scene. And I know you might have not thought it was like, should be, have been put there. But after she gets out of jail, she pulls all their kids out of bed. And she explains to them basically who their dads are. And just because she is in a small town. And in a small town, they like to gossip. So they're going to be like, probably being told, hey, your mom was thrown in jail for doing this. Uh, but she wanted them to know, even though I think maybe the little boy was too small to understand, and I think he was like half asleep anyway. I don't know. I thought it was a good moment as well. If it like amounted to, then there were scenes of them gossiping about her and this actually being a thing, right? Like maybe some of their classmates from her children yeah. are like picking on them because yeah. their mom is a jailbird. Whatever that means, Sally, sure, you're a jailbird. Um, you know, if they had, like, scenes like that, then it would have been a nice moment that she told them early. You know, yeah, it just didn't amount to anything. You know, yeah. I feel like this film has a lot of scenes that are cool <laughs> if they then, you know, uh, continued with those scenes. I feel like they, they were a little half-assed for some of the scenes. That's all. There, I guess you're right. I guess there were quite a few, like, Scenes that didn't amount to anything whatsoever. Yeah. And then her, when she left the jail, she was crying. And that was like a pretty big moment. But you couldn't see it. Did the oh lights break? I, I wonder <laughs> if they like, maybe their lights burnt out. And they're like, ah, we don't need to buy anymore. Okay. You know, lights are expensive these days. Let's just film the black screen. Because I can't see anything. Um, I don't know. I think, yeah, it was really hard to see. But I think maybe they were trying to go for that car in the background. Having enough, like, their headlights. I don't, like, sh shining into their car. It didn't really work. But they did that for, like, the first, like, 30 seconds of the yeah. scene. And then it just went completely dark. I was like, did they just give up or what? Yeah. Which, to be fair, uh, that would have been cool if it was, like, a silhouette of the two of them in the yeah. car. Like, it could have visually been a cool concept. Uh, and, and the scene was powerful. I just thought it would have been a lot more powerful if I saw her crying. But it was just a black screen for most of it. So, you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, there's some good scenes in here. I, for the most part, I like the film. I like the moment, obviously, where they tally up the votes. I think it's a little comical. So Powerful. they first read the votes. They are like, oh, 370-something people said, no, we don't want a union. Which, first of all, I was telling this to Andrew, this is a anonymous vote, right? Like, nobody can yeah. see who you're voting for. Yeah. One guy is like, you know what? Screw me getting a better wage. I don't want that. I thought the whole concept of this film is people afraid to go to the union yeah. because they might lose their job. They don't want to be exposed. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole concept is the fear. And I think that that was really powerful. But when it ends up, that the film is just relying on an anonymous vote. I don't know. The 370 people that voted no to a union, those 370 people deserve to make a dollar an hour because they're fucking idiots. They don't deserve to have an actual wage. Like, what a bunch of losers. Who, also, who would vote for that? Did you realize there were this many people in the company? Like, did no one have any idea of how many people were in this company? Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Because when they say, yeah, that's my second point. When they said 370, the 370 people were like, yeah! Woo! I mean, you think in your head, that's a lot. 
lot of fucking yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, wow, like, wow, this is this is a clean sweep. I think yeah. 10 people said no. Yeah. Like, that, that was a lot of people. They were like, woo, yeah, baby, we got it. Whoop, 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 whoop. No more money. We're poor. And they're cheering and hollering. Yep. They're clashing beers together. They're like, woo, no union. And then they go, and 430 people said yes to a union. And then they went, oh, man, wait, we lost. And then it was the big celebration. Oh, my gosh, we won. But here's my question, Andrew. Do the people working there not realize how many people are there? Like, do they really think, wow, 370, we clearly got the majority here. Like, they were so pumped and confident that I believe they got it. I was like, wow, good for them. I was really confused on how the movie was going to end. I was like, like, why did they make this into a movie? Yeah, this is wacky. They pulled it out. I questioned myself 100% until they turned around and said the other vote. So so that clearly means the 370 people are not only dumb enough to think that (laughs) Only working for a dollar an hour is a real steal. They they really they really got it good. They don't need a union to give them more money. They like that dollar an hour. Not only are they dumb enough to think that, but they're also dumb enough to not realize, wait, there's about 800 of us that work here, and 370 of us voted no. That's not a majority. We clearly did not win this. Or they didn't think, wow, that's pretty close. I don't, man, this is pretty tight. They, they they confidently thought, we fucking nailed this bad boy. Mm-hmm. We won. Fuck money. Fuck the union. Woo! Victory is ours. Like they 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 felt that. They were they were feeling it. They 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 convinced to me. I was like, wow, they they were pretty confident. There's no no, no exactly. way around it. So yeah, there you go. Um so to those 370 people, I don't know if they're still alive. I don't know when this actually took place. But if you were listening to this podcast, I hope you enjoy your dollar an hour because you deserve right? it. So, uh, unbelievable. I can't believe it. Darn, I guess now they get more money. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I, those, yeah, you know, the, the ending, it was fun. It was good. But, you know, I, I can't support 370 idiots mm-hmm. that, you know, made more money. Good for them, I guess. But yeah, that is the movie. So that's Norma Ray. Uh, what was your thoughts on the lead actress? As we already discussed, uh, this one had the lead actress winner. Uh, how, how do you think her performance was? So we haven't seen anything else yet from the 1980s Oscars, but I will say Sally Fields was 100% amazing. She was sassy. She got fired up easily. She was really focused on her goal and I really think she just wanted to make where she worked a better place by trying to get this union started so I can 100% see why like why she won like she did great she beat Meryl Streep for uh Kramer v Kramer oh wow I didn't know she was in the running so yeah tough competition she pulled out through no one, mess, no one wants to mess with Meryl Streep either. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oof. Uh, what was your thoughts on the screenplay? Um, screenplay was good. I think they did try to make it as like fun as they could because it was a very basic story. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely. It was. It was good. I actually really liked the screenplay. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was, you know from how boring the context mm-hmm. was. And I felt like the reason why they have all of those random additions to the story that yeah. really don't tie into anything else is because maybe in the book they were more mm. prevalent. And so they felt like they need to at least have a scene for each of these random moments. They don't add to anything. 
But for the most part, I thought the story, yeah. I thought the dialogue was pretty great. Once again, I think when he goes up to that bulletin board and starts telling him to move it down, like, man, the dialogue in that scene is just so great and electric. And then I feel like I don't give enough love to Sally Fields, but she had a lot of great dialogue as well. She was very, like, sassy. She doesn't hold back. Uh, she was very fun as well. Um, so for her as a lead actress, I thought she was really good. I thought she was a strong performance. Mm -hmm. And I thought as the screenplay aspect... I thought it was really strong as well. I thought, you know, I thought this film was uh, not too shabby. I think the ones it was nominated for were worthy nominations. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't think any of these are bad. If it was nominated for directing, uh, I might have had some issues because the directing is not the best. Yeah, no. They definitely could have made better directing decisions. I think there should have been more, more nominations. I think we should have gotten uh, Best Supporting Actor Yeah, for my good. boy Ruben. He was good. Also, doesn't matter now, but we forgot to bring up the fact that, like, when her when her dad has the issue, well, it doesn't matter because I can't really put it in there now. But we already mentioned it at the very beginning. We were talking about. Oh, I just didn't go in depth with it, but it's fine. Well, okay. Do you want to say anything else? What else do you want to say about the dad? She does say daddy a lot, so we should probably give more respect <laughs> to the dad. Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, I think it kind of does come full circle with how shitty this company is, where her dad's literally like he is an old man and he is like i'm like oh my arm's like really hurting can i just go ahead and go home for the day i don't feel well or go sit down the guy's like eh, have your break soon and then he literally dies of a stroke like less than like five seconds later yeah it just i thought it really emphasized how bad the conditions were and how badly they actually needed a union yeah it was a good scene I think the dad face planning onto like the pile of stuff was really funny. Like it was a little too cartoonish. It was really cartoonish. Like, I don't know if they have that clip somewhere on YouTube, but I do recommend it where he's like, oh, my arm's like freezing up. I'm not feeling too well. Can I take a break? I'm like, ah, your break soon. Don't worry about it. Keep working hard. And he's like, okay. And then the guy walks away and he turns around. He turns back to the crate and just like, you know when you like look at a fat guy on a on a diving board in the pool mm -hmm. and he like is trying to dive mm -hmm. but he really can't cuz he just is too fat so he kind of just ends up like you know just falling down like a dead fish just like you know just right off the board that's kind of what he did where he was just like he just like leaned into the crate and just fell flat right into it it was like a wah, wah. Mm -hmm. it was great mm -hmm. Um, they had a whole, and then, like, yeah. the guy she ends up marrying Sunny, the scene where he, hit, like, goes fucking crazy in the factory was pretty funny, too, because I was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah, guy's it, acting it, insane. It wasn't funny. Any scene with Sunny, I wanted to kill myself. He was the fucking worst. That yeah. was the only thing, scene I thought that was funny. With I him. thought he was, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? It would, from, like, a normal movie to some weird cartoon sketch with this dude uh you know sunny yeah he's, he's a character that sunny guy sunny boy over here but yeah you know uh her daddy dying was tough it was good uh, like his death then ends up becoming powerful but you know i just thought the actual death was very funny but uh the other thing we haven't touched on too much uh yeah they see daddy a lot i could do without that you know i i just i hate that word it's my least favorite word ever 
How many times do you think they said it? They no joke. I'm not exact. They said it at least fifty times, at least. That's what I was gonna guess too. At least fifty. Yeah. By the way, you hate that word. Then why do you have a list on Letterbox called Daddy List? And so if I ever want to rewatch a movie, I go back to that list to make sure it's not there because I don't need to rewatch any movie that has oh, that. Oh, I name. thought it was for the LOLs. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's so I never have to rewatch them. I probably will actually. I know for, I will never rewatch this movie. I, I don't need to listen to Daddy again, but. Um, yeah, that's everything for this film. Andrew, what would be your storyboard for this film? Girl has a massive goal to start a union. Girl accomplishes it. Easy peasy. There you go. Mine would be uh, girl's daddy dies. Girl marries a new daddy. And girl likes the word daddy. I don't know. That's all I took away from the film. Wow. So anyways, we both have Letterboxd. We both have our own rating system there. Uh, obviously, the 0.5 to 5 star, like Letterboxd has. You can follow Andrea at Andrea. I believe she's still a penguin emoji. She did not change it to train emoji since Bound for Glory. Oh, I forgot. I but yeah, I guess it. we're sticking. Okay, so I guess now at this point in time, you guys can follow her at Andrea train emoji. Mm -hmm. I'm just at Quentin Phillipson. But Andrea, what would be... Your score for Norma Ray. So I'm honestly probably between a 3.5 and a 3. Like it was good. That's where I'm that's what I'm between. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just not sure which one it's gonna fall to yet. Like they did try to make it entertaining, but then it was basically your basic Oscar bait film, like we've already said. So what was your score? I said it's between a 3.5 and a 3. Oh, you're not giving us your official score? Yeah. You're keeping us I don't know. on edge? I haven't decided yet. Yeah, between a 3.5 and a 3 as well. Um, I don't know. I was leaning towards a 3.5 before this podcast, but after <laughs> talking about it, I'm leaning more towards a 3. I'm between, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you know, unlike Andrew, I'll make a definitive answer. I'll say 3 for now, but, you know, by the time I release the review in a week or so, um, that might change. It might be a 3.5, but that's what I'm at right now. Ooh. But anyways, that is everything on our end uh, for this film. In just a few seconds, we are going to be discussing Breaking Away. So I'm sure Andrew's excited to talk about that in five seconds, aren't you? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it right now, baby. Welcome to the second part of the podcast where we just discussed Norma Ray, or at least for you guys, we just discussed it. It's been about two weeks on our end. Andrew's been really dragging her feet for us to discuss the next film, Breaking Away, and for possibly a good reason. Uh, you know, uh, might not be exactly our cup of tea, but we're here to break down one of the other films nominated for the 1980 Oscars. And Andrea, what was your thoughts uh, right off the bat of Breaking Away, the second film? So, yeah, like you said, it wasn't my cup of tea at all. It's about these four boys that have just graduated, so they're, like, 19. And it, they're all just, like, kind of weird. <laughs> and then it just revolves around a bike race. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not super into bikes. So even though this was based on a true story, I wasn't into that either. <laughs> yeah, the film very much feels like two separate movies, where the first movie 
is kind of like a coming of age for boys, mm-hmm. kind of learning how to, you know, uh, move on with life as they're graduating and meeting girls and having to get jobs and having to be adults. Uh, very much like a vibe kind of movie. And then the second half is just a gigantic race. It's just a big bike race with one of the four kids doing the race. Well, all four of them are there. It's pretty much just focused on one of them, though. The other three are kind of there for moral support because they suck. You know, I was going to say, now that you brought that up, it really did seem like two separate stories because out of nowhere, we get this bicycle story about how they're going to be in this race. And the only thing that connected him was the kid that likes to pretend like he's Italian really likes riding bikes. Yeah, and, you know, in the first half of the film, he's training to ride the bike. We we obviously see him riding the bike all over town, and he's practicing. But the second half is just solely the race. And I didn't really get that vibe going in that half this movie was going to be a race movie. You know what? All the better for it. I'll, you know, give you a slip a little tea behind the curtains on my end here. I, I very much preferred the second half. I, I got way more into it when there seemed to actually be some kind of, uh, you know, end goal for this character, for a story. So I was very much into the four boys doing the race, having to beat, like, these big, older kids. Yeah, I, uh, I liked the second half a lot more, but we can get into that in just a bit. But first, I'll talk about the nominations it got. It was obviously nominated for Best Picture. That's why we're discussing it. But it was also nominated, believe it or not, Best Supporting Actress. The girl that he was flirting with uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I thought that was pretty interesting. It was also nominated for Directing. It was also nominated for Score. And it won Original Screenplay. So that's pretty much all it had going for it. It had five nominations total, only walking out with one win. And yeah, a few interesting nominations. I don't necessarily remember much about the score. Remember, this is the weird year that had score for original song score and its adaptation or an adaptation score. So I think that means this score isn't original. That's what I'm getting from it. A weird, I've never seen a nomination for adapted score, but here it is. The directing is... It's, it's not bad. I actually, I don't mind the directing. I feel like pacing might be a bit odd since it feels so divided yeah. and like one story and then the second story. So, you know, I don't know if I necessarily love it. I don't mind the screenplay. I don't necessarily know if it'd be my favorite. So I have to obviously see some more original screenplays for the year. But I think of the five nominations, uh, that would be the strongest. I do think it it's strength relies on the screenplay i feel like the dialogue and the more chill aspect of these kids really feeling like they're friends it feels a lot like stand by me where it's four boys who are children and maybe start teetering towards adulthood like they kind of start learning what it feels like to actually be an adult so you know what i feel like the screenplay is pretty good i don't know if it's the you know the best screenplay of the year but definitely the strongest of the film what about you Hmm. I'm honestly shocked it got nominated for anything else. I just I just don't see how you can pull anything else out of this movie. It just was too dis- disconnected for me. Yeah, no, I really I'm actually really shocked that it was nominated for other 
other uh, awards. I'm really surprised it actually won one of the awards. And also, you said the best supporting actress? Supporting, yeah. Yeah. Um, she wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say she's She was just fantastic. average. Yeah, and considering that uh, Kramer vs. Kramer had two supporting actors, we'll see how it matches up with those two. But, you know, it, it, it didn't win. So, you know, at least it's got that going for That's it. That's true. That's true. They must have just had no one to nominate. <laughs> also, for screenplay, I just want to look at the comparison of at least the five we're going to be discussing. Apocalypse Now and Kramer vs. Kramer were also nominated for screenplay, along with Norma. So Norma Ray, Apocalypse Now, and Kramer vs. Kramer were also all nominated for screenplay, but it was for adapted screenplay. So it did not compete with those three. It competed against all that jazz, and it beat all that jazz. So that was the only competition of the five. So, wow. yeah, definitely against at least these five. I don't really know about the other films that were competing for the role. You know, and maybe not the strongest competition, but we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we're talking, I'll quickly look up here. I'll pull it up here. Let me look up the other nominees for adapted screen. Or for uh, Let me look up the other nominees for original screenplay um so the other three obviously there's breaking away and all that jazz but there was and justice for all the china syndrome and maybe the upset manhattan manhattan so woody a woody allen film one of the ones that i've heard very strong things about i've heard it's very good i'd beat it for screenplay so yeah i guess it wasn't that popular with the uh the critics since you know it didn't get nominated for best picture and this movie did but anyways we have breaking away we'll try and piece the story together it's actually been a while since we watched it it's been i don't know about four days now so we even though we're trying this you know this theory here i andrea dragged her feet to watch it and then after she watched it she dragged her feet to talk about we we did not need to talk about breaking away you know it's it's a not the most exciting film but it's as we have already said about four boys, the main boy, obviously the guy that's eventually going to be doing the race here, uh, ends up pretending to be Italian. And I think my favorite uh, little bit here is he feeds a cat a meatball and he's practicing his Italian accent to woo over the girl and he goes, it's the giant spicy meatball. And I thought that was pretty great. You know, I, th- I thought that was a pretty good Italian accent. I, 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 believe this guy he should have been uh in house of gucci i feel like he had a pretty good italian accent Hmm. well i did not partake in house of gucci so i do not know how their accents were but (laughs) this kid's father was like so over him i think he was one of my favorite parts i just like how like he was having none of his son's charades he was like what's wrong with him like, why does he have to pretend like he's Italian? Yeah. He just literally, like, kind of threw a fit, and the mom was like, well, let him be himself. Yeah. 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 He's just uh, going through a phase, an Italian... Yeah. We all went through an Italian phase, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's completely normal. 100%. I went through my Italian phase two years ago when all I ate was spaghetti. So, you know what? We, we all have that phase. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. Wow. Thank God you didn't talk Italian like that, kid. Well, you know, I was one step away. It was a slippery slope. 
but the father was definitely entertaining. I think a classic joke that me and you both laughed at quite a bit was he said, no more Eenies in this household. He's like, if I have one more fettuccine, alfettini, oh, yeah. margarini, he was just like making up words. And he was just like, if I have any more of that, I'm going to lose my mind. I only want American food. I want a burger and I want a soda. That's, I don't need these Eenies in my household. So he was very... Very purely American. This is what I imagine Andrew's household sounds like at home. <laughs> no weenies, no uh, martinis, no fettuccinis, no bikinis, none of that. Whoa. We want a burger. But uh, up here it's different. I want all the eenies. I want Andrew to be in a bikini every day of the week if I can. But, you know, no. we'll st Andrew is all team burgers over here. No. <laughs> I'm team tacos. Ah, uh, yes. Andrew's still going through her Mexican phase. Always. Always in Mexican phase. Yeah, so he's uh, trying to impress this girl. He bikes down once again to the bike, and he say they don't really hint at it much, but the whole time, he, all, all the dude is doing is riding a bike. He bikes down and follows this girl who, by the way, was nominated for Supporting Actress, in case you guys missed that. And so he was giving her a book that she left behind, and she was so shocked that he followed her in a bike the entire time. And, uh, you know, he just starts pretending to have this Italian accent. It's just his uh, Italian phase. So, but, you know, the, the first half is pretty much uh, their romance as kind of like the central storyline. I feel like, I don't know. I'm trying not to hate on the movie too much because they definitely just, I, I feel like I wasn't in the vibe for it. I did not think this was going to be one of those slow burn, chill kind of movies. I feel like I need to know that going in so I could just prepare to just be relaxed and enjoy the journey, kind of like Nomadland. I feel like if you go into Nomadland or if you go into Stand By Me or if you go into Portrait of a Lady on Fire expecting some big convoluted story, then you're going to be thrown off. But if you go in expecting just a relaxing journey with all these characters, then it's more enjoyable. And I definitely was not prepared for that for Breaking Away. Maybe we should have read the synopsis. But story-wise, it definitely seems to lack sometimes. I was wondering, the the storyline with him and the girl seemed to fall by the time we got to the race. I feel like she wasn't too crucial in really the success of this race in any way. No, she was not at all. She, like, that. that's what I'm saying. I just feel like this story is, like, too patched together. Because I wanted them to kind of have, like, if the love story was more prominent... And it kind of like held up until the end. I think it would have made it a little bit better. I found them a little bit entertaining. Um, but yeah, she really just disappears. And I don't even remember, remember her too much like towards the end at all. So I just want to clarify, I uh, was wrong. The, uh, the woman nominated for supporting actress is the mother. Oh, the mother. Okay. Which still scratches my mind, but uh, actually, you know, my mind scratches just as much. No wonder I got them confused. They're, they're, they're both, uh, did, did she have a big memorable monologue or speech? Not really. She was just really supportive of him the whole time where, like I said, like the dad just kept giving him hell. And the mom was like, let him be a boy. The big race is really, I feel like, where the meat of the bone is, at least for me. I feel like that's where I was interested Uh and, and Andrew says she found the movie pretty lacking. Andrew, do you think the movie would have been a lot better if he wins, if he loses the race, 
But instead he goes up to the microphone and just starts yelling out the girl's name. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think this movie could have had a, a Rocky moment where no. Rocky saved the day. No, this guy was just, no. He just was not, he was not enough. I think that what would have made this movie better for me if, like, from the get-go, like, it kind of revolved around this race. Like, I just felt like there was no real build-up to this race. It just, boom, happened all of a sudden. Oh, we're going to allow, like, one, we're going to allow uh, one team of townies to be in this race, a college race. And, yeah, it was just too sporadic. I didn't like, I didn't like the placement. It just didn't fit. Yeah, I feel like they definitely set some of it up, but I agree with what you're saying. I don't feel like they set it up enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like it doesn't seem like the main focus of the film until halfway, where it's the only focus of the film. Mm -hmm. And so it does feel like a pretty, you know, uh, a pretty large transition between storyline A to storyline B. But once again, I want to put emphasis, when we get to storyline B, I think the race is pretty exciting. Uh, you know, as exciting as it gets for bikes. I actually thought the the main guy, I believe his name was Dave. Maybe I should double check because, you know, I don't seem to know everybody's names here. It is Dave. I thought he was pretty exciting. Like, man, he was racing along the that bike track. And then obviously... The enemy team injures his foot, and so he needs to sit out and have Tweedledee and Tweedledum, his three friends, having to hold the bike for a bit. Uh, they butcher the timing, and he gets back on. And I don't know. I think that's some pretty exciting stuff. And then the very last shot, I think Andrew missed because she was on her phone because she was kind of bored, but they were racing along the bike track, and it was like a one shot of just you can see him slowly creep up and beat out the enemy at that final lap. And it was just all one shot of just him slowly, slowly, you're like sitting there, like watching, waiting, seeing if he's actually gonna do it. And then as soon as he gets up to the finish line, he just beats him, like just a hair ahead of him. And it was so cool just to follow that shot for like a good minute long. Uh, you know, probably closer to like 30 seconds, but it was, you know, you're staring at that for a bit, waiting to see what happens. And he just beat him at the end. Um, yeah, I thought that was a pretty, a pretty solid ending for the race. I think the race itself was pretty fun. I liked it a lot. And so, although I don't know if we have much to say about this film or if there's much to really dissect from all these characters, it's kind of just a chill movie with an epic race at the end. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, I would say if the movie was just the race, let's say this is just a 30 minute short yeah this would be a pretty good 30 minute short like, like I would, i'd be pretty it would be pretty great but i think i think the the first half bogs it down a bit i don't love the movie but you know like 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 i've seen worse i just i think it would have been a lot better i really do think they could have pulled off a better 30 minute short than the entire what was this one like 95 minutes or something uh, 80 something it's pretty short yeah it was a really short a really short film I don't know, and I just think with it being less short, it would have been more connected. And to be fair, I would actually not mind watching this again. I wouldn't. I was even willing to throw out the option, Andrea, for us to watch this again today because it's been a few days and I know you weren't really thrilled to watch it. Maybe 
a second viewing would refresh our minds before we discuss this. Or, I, I was uh, I was open. Or to it, it could have killed me. Or it could have yeah. killed you. But like I'm down on rewatching sometime. I feel like knowing the vibe that I'm getting going in, I might like it more. You know, I like these slow burn films. I'm, I'm a big sucker for those. I know Andrea almost hates all of them mm -hmm. except for Nomadland because that's Francis McDormand. But like any other slow burn film, Andrea's not a big fan. I like them. I kind of like the vibe. I just need to know going in. So I liked this film, uh, you know, a decent amount. Mm -hmm. But anyways, anything else you want to say about the story, Andrew? Any characters or, you know, moments that you really enjoyed? I feel like uh, we predicted this. This was going to be short. Norma Ray is going to be carrying the podcast here. I know, I know. And that's what I felt like we would get into this podcast and we wouldn't have much to say. Just because it's a, it's a vanilla story for me. There's not, not much happening. It's pretty boring. Um... And I just think the director made some poor choices when he made it. Ooh, shots on the director, yeah. which this film was nominated for directing. Yeah, I'm so I'm shook about that. I'm so happy it didn't win. I feel like there were definitely much better options. So I'm assuming either Apocalypse Now or Kramer vs. Kramer won that. I, I would have to scroll up, but I'm pretty sure one of them won it. You know, we're now two-fifths of the way done for the podcast, yeah. Andrea. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I was going to say really quick, now that you asked me if there's anything that I wanted to say, this film actually starts out with one of, like, the, like a pretty nice shot, which got me really excited. They have, it's like this huge, like, I think I call it a quarry of water or whatever. And I literally, this looks like a huge hole that was dug with the nicest blue water ever and I'm not even sure if those really exist because I tried to google them after because I was like I want to go to one of those and, and I didn't really find anything quite like in the film sadly yeah. well I'm pretty sure that's a real place I don't think they made a set for it I don't know maybe not sure about that Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out because I really like the opening scene. So as much as you think I was like a Debbie Downer, like in, through the entire thing, the very the very first five minutes when they were at that quarry, I was like, oh, this could like be potentially good. And then it just went downhill when mm. he decided he was Italian. It broke away from what you <laughs> were expecting. That's right. That's right. And then also... We didn't bring this up, but after he won the race, then he decided he was French, I think. He went to another language. That's this just how it goes. Crazy. You gotta change it up sometimes. That's just how it goes. Apparently. Yep. So we're now two fifths of the way through this Oscar year. Uh, this is your first Oscar year pick in quite some time. Mm -hmm. Is it living up to the hype, Andrea? Are you, are you loving the pick so far? a lot better than this i honestly i think this is gonna be the worst of the year Ooh, even worse than all that jazz look at that um yeah i mean we've watched we've yeah. we've seen all that jazz before i kind of know what to expect maybe on a rewatch re of that i'll like it yeah i feel like on a rewatch movies i don't necessarily appreciate the first time i tend to enjoy more because I kind of know what to expect. So yeah, no, I, I'm pretty excited for that one. I agree. I think this might be the bottom two of the group. So we're kind of getting rid of the, you know, the the bad ones out of the way. 
throwing out the bad apples before we get to, you know, the two, really even all three of them are relatively well-regarded films. So we're, we're going to start getting into some good movies here. But before we wrap it up, uh, we can quickly go over the different nominations it got. Uh, what did you think of its supporting actress? You know, now that we finally know who it actually is, uh, being Dave's mother, what was your thoughts on her? Um, she was fine. Once again, she's very average, and it's it's very laughable. Like I literally feel they like they were grasping at straws when they were picking for that. She didn't do anything like that great. What do you think? They looked at all of the supporting actress performances of the year and they went, well, this is called Best Supporting Actress. And the mother supports her son a lot in this movie. So technically she is one of the best supporting performances for an actress. <laughs> I mean, that's why they gave it to her. I, I think that might make some sense here. Uh, as for the screenplay, what did you think of the screenplay? No. No? Just no. Oh, well, just, just no. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. It was just... Once again, and I feel like I'm literally a broken record, this uh, podcast, it was just too broken up for me. It just didn't flow right. Yeah, I just didn't really care for it. <laughs> Yeah, the screenplay's... Oh, it's definitely the strongest part of the film. I would have been fine with it being a nominee. But yeah, to be the winner is a bit of a head-scratcher. But then again, maybe this was just a weak year. Who knows? Maybe. Was Alien an original screenplay? Did one of the greatest films of all time lose to this movie for screenplay? Which, to be fair, now, to be fair, the worst part about Alien is probably the screenplay. <laughs> like... You know, the production design and, you know, the the effects and so much more of that film. Like, the cinematography is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody walks away from Alien and went, you know what? That dialogue was freaking tight, man. Yeah, so, you know, um, might not be a shocker there. But still, you know, funny to think that this film might have, be, this might have been the one to, to take it down. Damn. Yeah. So as for the storyboard, what would your storyboard for this film be? I think it would just be bikes, bikes, and more bikes. Okay, boys. <laughs> that's that. That's a good one. I think my storyboard would be boy gives a spicy meatball <laughs> and. <laughs> Wins the, and wins a biking race. There you go. I, I think. The, yeah, my, my two fair parts of the film. The race and when he goes, it's a spicy meatball. That's classic. So anyways, uh, you can follow both of us on Letterboxd. We give out our scores and reviews there. Um, I'll give my score for Breaking Away first. I feel like I'm higher than Andrew on this. I don't feel like I love this movie. But for the most part, I feel like it has enough things that were enjoyable. I would definitely want to revisit this someday. You know, maybe in like five years time, I might just go, Hey, Andrea, do you want to go back and watch Breaking Away? You know, I feel like I'll get old, pretty old in five years. So that'll be probably what I'll be saying. Uh, yeah, I would definitely revisit this. I'm going to give this one a three out of five. 
shop. What about you, Andrew? What are you going to be giving Breaking Away? Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm leaning pretty low. I was pretty bored, and I didn't like how everything was. So, as of right now, I think I'm going to sit at one and a half stars. So, anyways, that is everything on our end. Uh, next podcast, you know, I think might be more enjoyable. Maybe Andrea will follow the schedule on time and will actually release this at its proper release date. But it is going to be all that jazz and possibly one of the most well-regarded films of this decade, Apocalypse Now. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. So anyways, we can talk to you guys in a few weeks' time Mm -hmm. and have a fantastic day. Bye.